Welcome to the Teacher Entrepreneur Podcast, where you'll hear from teachers who are successful entrepreneurs and learn tips and techniques to help you escape the classroom. Now here's your host, teacher, author, and entrepreneur, Christine Draper. Today we welcome onto the show Ben Newsom. I'm very excited to have Ben on the show. He's the first fellow Aussie to appear on the show and also the first fellow science teacher. Ben's business, Physics Education, runs science shows for children as well as holding virtual lessons and workshops. He's Australian Small Business Champion. He's Australian Small Business Winner for the Children's Education Services three times. And he recently received the Western Sydney Awards for Business Excellence, Business Leader of the Year for 2020. Welcome to the show, Ben. Okay, thanks for having me. Uh, Really looking forward to it. Could you start by briefly telling the audience about your teaching career? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so um, I'm a, a science teacher by trade, uh, but I didn't spend much time in schools, actually. So I started teaching as a high school teacher, but I start, but very quickly fell into the outreach world uh, through CSIRO. So for people overseas, that's the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization. Blah, mouthful. But uh, we were doing a lot of outreach for a lot of schools uh, around the Sydney Basin and, and, and forever, for, you know, around the place. Uh, but I felt after a couple of years, I really wanted to start doing these sort of things for myself. So I set up physics, uh, spelled really badly, uh, F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S, uh, education to do outreach for ourselves. And uh, the last 16 years, been sort of getting busier and busier and busier. And uh, so roll it forward to now. Uh, we have uh, a team in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne and Canberra. Uh, and we see about four or 500 schools a year, plus libraries, museums, zoos, aquariums and things. And uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. So you started running science shows for children. How did that start up and how, how does that work? Sure. Uh, actually, we, you know, I wanted to work with schools. That was you know, definitely my, my background. But I actually started doing work in kids' science parties, because <laughs> of all things, uh, because the uh, I knew that every weekend we'd potentially have some work to be able to also train our staff to be able to present well. Cause I mean, honestly, if you can teach science to a whole bunch of kids hyped on red cordial, uh, they, uh, you have a good chance to be able to do that for a standard uh, grade four uh, uh, class uh, in a formal environment. So uh, anyway, yeah. So the uh, it's been a, it's, it's been an interesting thing. So the, uh, the, our, our world is what is the audience? How are we going to reach them effectively? Uh, and what's the content that they want to know about? And the, uh, and we go from there. Excellent. Ben's highly successful shows were hands-on. He had a team and had reached 2 million children face-to-face. Then COVID hit. Clearly shows and parties were no longer possible. So you pivoted and went online, finding new opportunities. What did that look like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were seeing hundreds of thousands of kids a year. And um, suddenly, within 48 hours, there was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a change. Uh, thankfully, uh, we had been doing uh, distance learning for 10 years. Uh, so I'm actually sitting in my distance learning room. We've already, we had this already ready to go. Our team knew how to use various conferencing tools. Uh, and um, what it looked like was a whole bunch of nothing for several months, but we already, we had a partner uh, of which we were delivering holiday programs. So we, within 24 hours of the lockdowns, had 25 different programs ready to go for the April school holidays, uh, of which people started the book in once they sort of, we had to actually teach people how to use some of this conferencing equipment. Uh, and I actually spent a lot of time training other organizations uh, uh, in collaboration with Australian Environmental Education, Virtual Excursions Australia, and Refraction Media. We work with Inspiring Australia to work and train with 200 organizations around Australia, so universities and museums and types, to help their outreach teams pivot 
for this COVID, well, nightmare in some ways, uh, the um, to be able to work out how do they how do they change their on-site delivery to a online model, uh, not just how to present effectively, but what cameras do they need, what microphones, what lighting, how do you do the thing? So I spent actually uh, about six months uh, splitting between presenting for us in our in our rooms and we set up uh, rooms in other people's garages and in their home because we had to uh and also training others uh it turns out that we found out that that training of those 200 museums uh turned into about 800 sessions uh, uh nationally for national science week and apparently we were it, is effectively the knock-on effect was 1.1 million people got a got got a great a better presentation because of this so it was a I was, I was quite actually proud of the team to be able to pull that together so helping museums on virtual programs and uh, involvement with Inspiring Australia was absolutely brilliant marketing, putting physics education into the spotlight. How did that partnership actually develop? Phone calls. <laughs> so uh, they actually, to, to be honest, we actually already knew um, each other for quite a few years. Uh, I actually knew Heather from Refraction Media. Oh, gosh, she, she worked with us 12 years ago or something, maybe 14 years ago. If Heather's listening, I'm sorry, I can't remember, mate. <laughs> but it was, it was a while ago. Uh, and I'd already worked with Ka- with Karen. Uh, we're, we're co-founders of Virtual Excursions Australia, and we got on the phone saying, "Look, we've got a, a number of members of, of that organisation having not too sure what to do. Uh, others have definitely not even never gone into virtual world. So because we had contacts with Inspiring Australia, having done science outreach events on behalf of of some of their um their things through the year before." Uh, we were able to work with Inspiring Australia to get together a number of state managers around Australia to chip in some money to look after the training of all these people and also help the network build out. Uh, so, I mean, having uh, several hundred organisations firstly join, like well, actually even want to trust the thing that you, you're going to do, is it going to be okay? Then want to join, uh, you know, for six sessions of training, uh, you had to have a bit of a network and a bit of a following to make that happen. So to answer your question about how that all happened, uh, it took time. Uh, the the uh, collaborative networks aren't always an instant uh, thing to create. Sometimes they are. But in this case, it was deep connections and relationships with uh, the right strategic partners to make it happen. With all these partnerships and all these things you're doing, being ambassador for the social science education technicians and various advisory boards and so on, how do you find the time? You've got incredibly busy with a thriving business. Why did you choose to take the time to give so much to other businesses and teachers? Sure. Uh, now, uh, this is partly visual. So if you're listening in the car or walking the dog, you can't see it, but I'm currently holding a, uh, a device. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold a device and uh, this device is a coffee cup. Uh, yeah, so no, caffeine part of it. Secondly, um, I really love what this uh, – sector does i mean our job is to inspire kids in all walks of walks of life um in fact actually after this chat uh, i have to get ready because i'm teaching at a juvenile justice center uh so so i've got to get yeah a little bit different yeah we, we teach in hospitals and all sorts of things um it, yeah the i know that the impact of what we do i mean i actually think back to when i was a kid i absolutely know that i saw a presentation when I was either seven or eight years old, I don't remember much about the presentation about this, this guy seemed to have some cold stuff and he broke things. Now, what I do know now is he was using liquid nitrogen and I, I, I absolutely know what he was doing now. But back then, I just vaguely remember seeing this thing when I was a kid in Townsville. So those little snippets of memory, I know that we can create for kids all over the country and globally. And so can all the other organizations there too. So I really respect what the outreach 
t- uh, sector does. And so I want to look after them as best as I can, and as well as they look after us to be in, in certain other events and things. So I see it as a community and uh, I definitely uh, want, want to uh, be involved. Your work in the criminal justice system and the hospitals must be very rewarding. How did you get into that? Uh, we, uh, I don't actively pursue any area. I know that sounds like we actually do, but we <laughs> sort of don't. Things sort of tend to, one thing tends to lead on to another. So um, in this case, the juvenile justice centres have a, they have schools within these, these centres. And so they're still part of the education system. And so they find out through their own networks that there are certain organisations that uh, do this type of work. And uh, we got called, oh gosh, seven years ago, something like that, um, to, um, yeah, to say, hey, would you come to this particular site? Uh, and could you please fill out all these massive number of forms to make sure that like, literally every single piece of equipment, I'm not kidding you, you got to count everything in, <laughs> uh, in, and then make sure it all comes back out again uh, it, it, so that we know we didn't leave anything inside. Um, but once we sort of proved that we could teach to, to these kids who really are marginalized, um, I mean, and honestly, some of them just, just, uh, just can't stand anyone um, because that's just, they've had a bad role in life and various things have happened. Uh, once we can uh, show that, yes, we can be effective in that environment, uh, they invite us back. And more importantly, they then refer us onto somewhere else. As for hospitals, uh, same sort of thing. They've uh, potentially, they've uh, said, they've potentially even just looked on Google. Could something interesting come to our site? Uh, thankfully, we've got quite a presence on the internet, which means that people can find us quite easily. Uh, and our, um, our office team are really good about working out what are the, what do people want to have happen in their site? And then they'll talk with the education team and we'll make it happen. So what sort of thing do you do in the hospital? Is that still groups of children or is that more individual? Uh, we've done a couple of different ways. Uh, one way, which was interesting, was actually sort of like a, a mini broadcast into the museum, uh, the museum, into the hospital. So we're, So we'd either come in via video conference or we would come into their site and present from in, in, internally and the kids who could make it into the room would do things and the show component would then be broadcast out to the hospital beds within the within the wards so that those kids who are bed bound and couldn't get into this you know the, the school because these hospitals do actually have schools that the children's hospitals do uh so they've got that network hooked up so that kids can still have uh, their learning so yeah it's um every sort of uh, site has its challenges. Uh, for example, if we present at a museum, uh, potentially you just can't use fire. It's not going to happen because if you use the fire, you're going to turn on the sprinklers and then several million dollars of stuff is just then wrecked. So we have to work with the on-site groups to work out what can happen and what can't. Uh, quite a lot of the challenges can be, honestly, just bumping, just getting the materials into the site on time, uh, getting through security. Sometimes security doesn't even know you're arriving. So that ch- causes dramas uh so it's a lot of communication and uh as long as everything sort of over time you work out what questions to ask and what things you know are going to have to happen at certain sites and then it gets easy so you've had some amazing opportunities and you said that that's because you've got a really good presence on google yeah do you want to say something about how you've managed to build an incredible business with an incredible site on google sure uh we uh just started writing lots of content um so my headspace was we could send out a how-to to a teacher. Alternatively, we could do the same thing on our website and then send the link of the how-to to a teacher. But more importantly, it's now on our site. So 
we've over time have built out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of resources on our site, which are completely free. So, I mean, if you go onto our, on the physicseducation.com.au website, you find there's a free resources button and there's several hundred uh, free experiments and they're all written up with, here are the materials you get from the local shops. Here are photos of every single step of the experiment and a how-to at the bottom. And we know that those things are really handy for practicing teachers who are really quickly looking for lesson plans. Uh, there's also podcasts. Uh, there are uh, science trivia. There's several hundred teaching articles. There's all these sorts of things that uh, we've gathered up over time. It certainly wasn't a week's worth. I mean, that website has been iteration after iteration after iteration. <laughs> I think it's about 12 years old now. And it's just built. And so it's produced the presence that you talk to um, so that if someone Googles a particular experiment, we're likely to turn up somewhere. Excellent. During COVID, you ran lots of online live classes. What's the benefit of doing these classes live compared to pre-recorded? Um, okay. So pre-record has its advantages in terms of you can you know really make it, for want of a better term, schmick, nice. Uh, effective, you know, extra different camera angles. Maybe you said something a particular way and it didn't sound good. Uh, you can re retake it. But the problem with that is it's asynchronous learning. You, the, you, so you're sending out a video out into the world and you're just kind of hoping someone actually, you know, engages with it. Uh, with live, uh, just like you just asked a question then, the kids can ask a question, <laughs> which means that if they've got a particular uh, issue, concern, whatever it is, even if they've just got to type it into a chat box, within a webinar, they are still interacting with you live. And that means that you can get feedback with what you're presenting. You can change your presentations to suit, or you can answer the kid's question in the first place. Uh, if you're dealing with lots of people, um, you could be, if they can't answer, you, know, you can't get to everyone's questions, perhaps even just using polling. That means at least you get a feel. Like if you've got, and I have, if you've got like a thousand people that you're presenting to, uh, a poll is great because you can see it's 78% people think this thing and 22% think that thing. Okay, well, at least you know what the audience understands as you do your science experiments. And the audience feels a part of it as well rather than just yeah, absolutely. watching yet another video. 100%. We actually don't work to scripts. Um, so there's, uh, I don't know, there's 46 primary shows, 20 or so high school programs and whatever preschools and whatever else. You'd expect that uh, that everyone would have. Then we've got certain ex, you know, experiments. We will do these experiments at some point in time during the workshop or show, but we don't work to scripts. The reason why is we train our presenters from a. You guys know the science. All that matters is does the person who's listening to you, watching you, understand what you're going on about. So as long as uh, that they're being effective and their science is communicated effectively, uh, they off they go so which means we do actually interact heavily with the audience in fact it it is like hands up who thinks this and we'll ask a kids you know to answer the question and we'll then bounce off that question so i i see there's no different to uh normal teaching how have you marketed these online classes um all right so we we kind of sort of i suppose we i suppose we do but in a lot of ways it's not overt that's for sure the um we have done a very passive way of marketing. Our, our headspace is just be really good at what you do, put out a bucket load of content and people will naturally start sharing it. Now, of course, we could send out faxes and letters and all this sort of stuff. The issue is that a lot of that gets binned and you can also develop a reputation of going seriously. Uh, you're very pushy. I'm not, not sure if I want to work with you. Um, I've actually heard this from teachers like in, in the flesh going, look, like I get my inbox just gets slammed by these people. They won't leave me alone. We don't do that. <laughs> what we do is we speak at conferences. Uh, we speak on podcasts. Uh, we try and share as much 
valuable information and it's up to the educator to choose whether they want to use it or not it's it's their call i mean they're intelligent people it's their, it's their thing to whether they use it or not uh yes we will have flyers to hand out at a site uh and i mean we i used to do google ad, google ads and whatnot uh we don't do too much apart from honestly protecting our name because lately we've found that people have been using ads using our name just to be able to try and grab our audience or something um and so we've had to do that recently and it's a bit of a shame we've had to do it but hey that's that's the world of business uh but as a whole i feel like great presentation doing great presentations and working deeply with the schools means that over time whilst it's slower you build a deeper connection with that audience because let's be honest the uh, the teacher who might teach a grade six at a particular school may not be at that school forever. They might go to another school. And if they've had a really good relationship with our organization, they're likely to bring us to the next school and not just do it in a f sort of shallow, frivolous way. They'll say, look, I really know these guys. I've been working with them for 10 years. They're fantastic. We should have them come to our school, which means they're effectively an advocate for us. Uh, whereas if we just did the shallow push marketing with very little substance to what we're doing, um, we might do fleeting um connections with those places but i believe that maybe i'm wrong i'd love to know what people think uh I, I don't i'm not sure i mean i've seen a lot of um organizations blip up survive for a couple of years then drop out and i kind of wonder why um and i think that's potentially part of it so what i gather is your main marketing your main way that people find you and use you is through both content marketing with all the blog posts and free resources on your site and also word of mouth from having an amazing product. Yeah, that, that, that's it. And so, I mean, we, I mean, and potentially uh, the, you know, as a, an influence person, like I'm heavily involved in various committees. Uh, I will speak a lot at quite a lot of different conferences and people will then naturally connect. I mean, there is a certain power to um, being the person on the stage um, presenting, or in this case, in a conference, uh, so people will naturally want to connect with you. It's almost like it becomes, if you're doing a one to 300 people, like I was doing that uh, only, uh, only last week, um, there was 300 teachers who hadn't met me. Now, some people would say, look, maybe this guy's not for us, but some did. Some actually connected after the conference. And so um, if I had sent, if I'd spent that same amount of time just sending out a thousand spam emails, I, I believe my connection would be less. Absolutely, I'd agree with that. Yeah, you've recently put Trustpilot on your website. Yes. Why have you chosen to do this? All right. So Trustpilot is a third-party application which is designed to hopefully uh, build trust in what you do. So I've always been potentially, I suppose, cynical uh, when you look at different uh, uh, different websites, and they've got these glowing reviews, and there's no way of validating whether the whether these people are real and we actually I, I was looking at our site thinking look we collected you know we had we collected hundreds of reviews and we just copy and paste whatever the email was and shoved it into our website and honestly you can if you type feedback into our website you'll find all these archived you know bits of feedback uh but i could have typed it no one can tell whether i typed it or not and the thing is we did copy and paste it you can tell by the language there's different people writing it but what trustpilot does is people review it whether we're good, bad, ugly, different, so five star, three to one star. And you can see whether they're a verified customer or not. So if it says verified with a big tick, 100%, they've actually been sent out this uh, give us feedback form after the presentation, after the invoice has been paid. They, they, you know, this, you know, how were we? Did we do well? Did we not? And that plugs into our website. 
so that, I mean, currently we're sitting at 158 reviews, which means that'll be knocked out in a day or two because it'll be more turn up. Uh, but what that means is that it says very clearly uh, these guys are for real. And so that's why we put it on. I mean, we're still trialing it. It's probably the worst year to trial a review platform. Uh, so I don't know whether the impact's been great or not because I can't really tell because we've been impacted by COVID. Uh, but my expectation is that um, as those reviews build and build and build and we continue to get four and five stars, uh, it just says, I mean, if you've got an overwhelming number, I mean, who are you going to trust over a company? Um, a place that has a thousand positive reviews from a third-party platform or a thousand positive reviews that you can't verify whether they're real or not. That's why I figured we'd go that way. Makes sense to me. Mm. Do you have any advice for teachers just starting out on the entrepreneurial journey? Patience. <laughs> All right. So um, I started in 2004. So this 2020, so 16 years of doing this. Uh, so some people want to, and, and sometimes they do, they'll accelerate crazy fast and that's fine. In fact, we were, we were accelerating about 30% growth a year on year for a while. And we started to tailor it off because you, you can produce a fatigue with your staff. Uh, if you are starting off, start small. Uh, also consider cash flow. It turns out in a business, cash flow kind of matters. Uh, so um, try not to overextend, uh, you know, all eggs in one basket, hoping for the best. Maybe you'll come off really well and, uh, you'll be look, looking, maybe if you're listening to this going, you know what, this Ben guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I created a $10 million, $10 million, $100 million turnover business in six months. The thing is, those things are rare. So for now, start off small and build and have the patience to uh, work very closely with your customers and, and make your service really, really, really good because then they're going to want you to come back. If you're average, just to be able to get it, make a quick buck, you're not going to be around in the industry for too long. Certainly true. Hmm. Any final words of wisdom? I don't know about wisdom, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, look, I really uh, thank you for inviting me on. And in, in terms of um, uh, words of advice from communication standpoints, like whatever you're educating, so whatever, whatever key learning area you're teaching, uh, make sure that you're not only connecting with the audiences in front of you, but also with, the schools, the libraries, the preschools, and everywhere else that you're connecting with, make sure that that same communication is a true connection, not just um, simple uh, get 40% off sale type stuff because then you become fairly beige and um, that doesn't really help you in the long run. Albert Einstein said, he's the supreme art of the teacher to awaken joy in the creative expression of knowledge. You not only bring joy and inspire many thousands of children, but you also inspire teachers to bring joy and curiosity. You encourage others to find the possible and get on with it. It's been an absolute honour and privilege to have you on the podcast. All the links will be on the show notes. However, did you want to share with my audience the best place to find you? Oh, easy way to find. Um, so easy way, jump on our website. So again, physics, F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S, education.com.au, or just type physics spelled really badly into Google and you'll find us. Uh, you'll find all the those free resources. Look in the, the, search, the search bar at the top, you'll see it. They're all there. Uh, if you want to find me particularly, you can um, just hang out on Twitter. Uh, probably at Physics Ed is probably the best way to do that. And I think there's a link there for me. So at Ben Newsom underscore. I don't know. I should have grabbed a better handle, but well, there you go. <laughs> That's right. I'm underscore C. I Draper, so I'm the same. Yep. <laughs> um, but they'll all be in the show notes, so they'll be easy to find. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and it's been a true honour. Um, I can't believe I've got somebody as prestigious as you so early on in my podcast journey, and I really, really thank you for doing that. 
So thank you so, so much for your time. No worries. Thank you very much. And uh, everyone have a fantastic end of year and an awesome 2021. If you listen to this in 2024, I hope those last few years have been great. (laughs) (laughs) Bye for now. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. We hope you found it helpful. If you did, we'd really appreciate a review. The show notes are available at te.media.